coming up on this episode of Adaptive to Lead. I was very instrumental to helping me go through that process. And what did I have to do? And I told myself, I said, so that's how the podcasting let me say journey started. started. So some of them I have when I have the audio files. Inspiring actionable content that helps you get focused, get started, and be impactful. This is Audacity to Lead. Hello and welcome to this episode of Audacity to Lead. My name is Dyer Samuel and this is the podcast where I give you the courage and necessary insight to step out and lead with more influence. Today I'm excited to be having one of those persons that we actually got started on this podcast journey together and the man by the name Shegunaki Ode. It's good to be having you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Dyer Samuel. I'm glad to be here. I'm awesome, excited awesome. as well. <laughs> now, today we are going to be having a conversation around your journey. And particularly, we are looking at bringing our lessons that you've learned doing business. But before we jump into that, we'll go into your background. So... Mm. This episode is going to be really, really wonderful. So if you're listening for the first time, you're welcome to Audacity to Lead. And like I always say, my goal here is to help you magnetize, mesmerize, and monetize your message and audience online. And the reason why you should do that is because you need to have a marketable program, a meaningful platform, and a compelling message. So doing that today, someone who's done that actually is Shegun Akiode and I'm so super excited to be having you on the show again. Welcome once I'm again. I'm blushing, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Dara Samuel, for having me on the show today. You're very welcome. So today, um, let's just get into the conversation right away. Let's um, get to talk about how you got started with what you do now, how you from where you started and how it's been so far. Okay, just give us a synopsis. Who is Shegun Akiyode? I could have done that. Okay. Um, (laughs) I usually uh, start this way on my podcast. I say for first-time listeners, (laughs) I like to describe myself as um, a career and employability coach. Uh, But I didn't start that way. Most of the things I'm going to be sharing today, a few of the things will be telling you some of the things you can find online and some of the things that you cannot find anywhere maybe you're having the privilege to have that uh some of this information <laughs> that's uh, actually the goal I, I read chemical engineering uh from obafemel university uh most of the time i don't like mentioning the university because there is a way people associate they feel people are when you say oh you are a proud person so and i do usually enjoy that effigy or whatever so usually i usually uh, mellow down on that but i read chemical engineering uh, but currently i'm in human resources uh, i started out into human resources by what i would call now from insight career uh, self-discovery i usually say that when it happened i didn't know i was doing self-discovery now after knowledge understanding it and even coaching people you can be able to say it was actually self-discovery and it started while i was I, I i had opportunity before i went to university i had an ond in chemical engineering technology 
and it's important for you to know also that why did i go to the polytechnic and not the university straight was because i did not pass my english language on my first sitting <laughs> and interesting is the fact that while i was still in secondary school i had an opportunity to do an exam they call qualifying exam i'm sure you don't know what that exam is now the qualifying exam is actually an exam that you should do before your gc it's i before you i can't even remember who offers that exam anymore <laughs> but i noticed a somebody introduced me to the exam it's just like it's usually you can take it while you are in ss1 ss2 before your gce exam and i had opportunity to do that exam so it gave me the first hand to understand how a gce exam will be so by the time i was in ss2 before i got into ss3 i did my first gce exam and interestingly is the fact that i had most c's at my first exam uh, in chemistry, I think I had my first attempt at chemistry. I, I, I enjoyed chemistry. So my first attempt, I was not surprised. I had an A3. Uh, then when they used to use A3, now they use B, B2 and B3. So we, we got the original, you understand? <laughs> so but I didn't get English. Uh, I didn't pass my English on my first sitting. So I needed to take the route to the uh, um, polytechnic. I was in Lagos. Yeah. I was in Lagos State Polytechnic. While I was in my second year in the Polytechnic, I had to make a decision. My decision is either to go for HND Chemical Engineering Technology, and there were limited Polytechnics doing it. Is either I go to BIDA or I go to CAD Poly. I was not willing to go to the North. And Lagos State Polytechnic was only doing OND. So I, I needed to go and enroll for my GCE exam all over again. Wow. And do you know what I did? I did not register in my locality where I stay at home. So I went to Shomolu. <laughs> I grew up in Oshodi. Yep. Uh, I went to Oshodi High School. And for most people that feel Oshodi is the market, is not. it's not the market. <laughs> it's their life there. So, But interestingly is the fact that I needed to make a decision. So I had to write my GC all over again. And beautifully, I passed. Wow. And I, the second time I was, that time I was doing it, I had an A1 in, in mathematics. My chemistry was like eight or whatever, and that was how I knew how to do a direct entry to the university. I didn't get my direct entry in the first time, <laughs> so I had to, you know, my life has been a uh, filled with a lot of bus stops, a lot of ups yeah. and down. And most times, people see it that wow, this guy has arrived. They don't understand that there's always a story behind it. So yeah, uh, I'm sure this is the very first time I'm sharing this it, on the it, podcast. Interestingly, and. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get my direct entry the first time. I even finished two months on the university campus mm. waiting for an admission list. Admission list came out. Then they were doing 40-60%. And my name didn't come out. Mm. And I had to pack my bag after like three months you on the OU campus. <laughs> it was more than crying. I almost committed suicide, but thank God I didn't go through that route. But I had to pack, literally pack my bag. But thank God for good friends. Uh, I know one of my friends at that time, and he's still my friend today, uh, was very instrumental to helping me go through that process. And what did I have to do? And I told myself, I said, if I didn't get into OAU at that time, I was going to be in OAU, the OAU was going to send for me. And literally, by the time I applied for my direct entry again, uh, they gave the reasons why I was not shortlisted, but I knew maybe it was because of the 4060. 
by the time i was called back to go to oau i was literally told that my name was out even while i was in lagos wow. and i went in did chemical engineering but i noticed there were some other things i was taking my attention i remember telling my ond friend uh was the best graduating student in my set i told him one day i said do you know I, i'm not seeing myself on the oil rig he looked at me literally and said guy <laughs> are you okay why are you doing chemical engineering if you're gonna but there was something in my mind telling me shegun you're not going to be in the oil rig maybe because during this period i was much more sold out to youth development youth related work things around manpower planning we can call it manpower planning and manpower but empowerment those now, but those days were just <laughs> let's just be useful yeah. and maybe somewhere along the line during my uh university um, um, secondary school days i was introduced to what they call principles of life and success so i had the opportunity to study the lives of abraham lincoln study the success stories quotable quotes and somewhere along the line it started telling me something around impact so for me i was like saying what course or what can i follow path can i follow that will give me impact i read chemical engineering because i was good in maths i was good in chemistry i enjoyed myself i didn't like physics too much and i did not enjoy biology though later on i taught biology but that's a story for another day <laughs> but interestingly was i just narrowed down you know the usual engineering yeah. the big four if you're not doing accounting you are doing law you're going to medical school and engineering so i just technically okay engineering which i didn't like mechanical because i didn't like physics that was my thought process and you and, and i think even still saying that it still goes back to the way people choose careers today or chooses courses to do i know that from insight if i had much understanding about myself now i'll have gone for a course that will take me lesser time i'll have gone for a course around philosophy or psychology and i'll have had short, or even universities are offering human resource courses today yeah. so while i was in 400 level i had an epiphany and the epiphany was i just asked myself Shegun, i'm not likely to be in the oil rig what can i do and a friend told me just check out i noticed i never did any industrial attachment in any oil firm <laughs> i had wow. even done an it in a printing firm before <laughs> <laughs> one of my ond it's i did it in a wow. printing firm but but i just noticed so many things were happening and in my 400 level i had an opportunity to lead my class in a particular course we call it cv401 it was technical report writing and the course was two-way there was a class assignment and an individual assignment the class assignment needed the or the class to have something to do an assignment will be given to the department so the department is expected to come up with one single report and in my class by the time i was done at that time in founder level i had nothing less than 15 first class students i was already i was in two one but i found myself leading all of them wow due to one thing while we're deciding to do a feasibility study write proposals during my ond i did something similar to that oh, i had a template to work with yeah so while they were talking about it i just looked at them and i said aside the technicality of what you're going to do i think i have an experience so i put myself forward and i noticed that my class my department did very well at the end of the day now that taught me something you have potential for leadership I was able to coordinate the people and help them to achieve a certain result. So, 
technically it was pushing me away from the technical stuff at a point i was getting tired with the technical jargons of thermodynamics mass transfer i love chemical engineering at least my <laughs> my, my degree can show for that yeah but yeah. interesting i noticed something else was drawing me away from it and while i was in my university uh, when i was done with university i already decided Shagun, you are not going into any oil do i got an opportunity to do a mobile test which I did not eventually do before I went for my NYC. It's a very interesting story. I can't remember. I think I was playing around the mobile uh, sites at a time and I dropped my CV and I was invited for the test. I'd not even gone for NYC. I was waiting to go for NYC. Why didn't I do that test? It was simply because I didn't have an NYC discharge certificate. <laughs> maybe if I'd done the test, maybe I would have been in maybe, mobile. Maybe today. But somewhere yeah. along the line, I just needed... To, so when I was... I didn't... I served in the north. So... Even before I left university, I remember the friend, my very good friend that helped me go through that process when I didn't get into OAU the first time. Started working, left the university before me, got an opportunity, started working. He gave me my first financial gift, cash gift. I went to buy a book called CV Writing. Hmm. While I was in university, at my final year program, I, I even thought, had a small session to teach people how to write their CVs. For me, it was just coming naturally to me. I think yeah. from those experiences. So even during my NYS, I just told myself, I'm going to narrow down to something. My very first opportunity to know what human resources was all about was when I saw a brochure for CIPM from somebody during NYS. And as I saw management, that... right? No, CIPM, Chartered That's Resource Personnel Managers. Oh, personnel. They okay. do a certification program where you become an associate member of the institute. I saw that brochure and I said, oh, yes, this is the word I've been looking for. It's, I think it's going to be human resources. <laughs> and lo and behold, I spent my one year NYC strategizing for my first job. Wow. I knew the market was going to be challenging. I knew we would give chemical engineering a foot in the door. And I had resources because somewhere along the line, I came in contact with a CD, a career expo CD. And that CD was saying employers don't make house calls. Package yourself, deliver yourself in front of the employers. And that was exactly what I did. So I used my entire one year NYC reading up around CV writing, around functional CVs. How do I present all the extracurricular activities I've done and be able to get a job? Lo and behold, by the time I was done with my NYC in July, I got a job in September. Wow. I was leaving the north and I was coming down to Lagos. I knew exactly what I was coming to do. Unlike <laughs> wow. most people that will finish the NYC and they are coming clueless. I already knew. I was looking for an internship opportunity in HR. Simple. Wow. I was not even looking for a full-time opportunity. I said, okay, let me strategize this way. If I get an opportunity to do HR for one year, then in that one year, let me save enough. Let me start my certification as an associate of CIPM. Gradually, just competency acquisition of competency cut the long story short did my cv did the application researched hr consulting firms in lagos funny enough the day i submitted my cv i went i submitted to three organizations in lagos all of them one was in ekoi two was in ikeja one of the places i submitted in which happened to be my very first job you manage i submitted it in the morning got home and i was still telling my sister saying ah <laughs> i walked around lagos today oh. 
even a place where they said they were not collecting CV. Because it was packaged, addressed to the MD. They could, they, I can't take it, they can't take it as CV. You know, they I thought worked, it was a parcel. Exactly. Oh, I worked wonderful. into an organization and I addressed it to the MD. The receptionist was, which I later became, uh, let me say, <laughs> supervisor for, was asking me, do you know Mr. Folari? I said, oh, he said, does Mr. Folari know you? I said, the details are in the parcel, as in, in the package. It was just, <laughs> and lo and behold, as I was still telling my elder sister about it, and she was saying, Shego, are you okay? I got a call. Either I call or a text message, calling me for an interview the next day. And I was saying, is this real? <laughs> Unconsciously for me, unknown to me, they were actually recruiting at that time. At that time. Oh. So they saw the CV, the MD saw it, later I discovered that the MD was wondering what's internship. The MD was saying, who is this guy that had the guts? Because the organization was flying slow, solo. Solo in the sense that, you know, there are a lot of organizations, consulting firms in Nigeria that are very quiet. They are not in the big four, but they, have, they are doing so much wonderful things and they just feel that nobody knows them. They are not always in the papers or, or there, about. Yeah. they are not doing massive marketing, but they are really doing beautiful, beautiful things. So that, the man just felt, I need to talk to this guy. So for me, I had an opportunity to meet with the general manager at that time. So I sat down in that interview and she was asking me questions. Oh, what did I put in my CV? Extracurricular activities, things I did out of fellowship within the department, how I led. At that point, I think I, I, I started writing for a magazine at that time also, Atmosphere of Success. So these are some of the things. And how did I get those things? Go online, Google, get information. It was almost like writing what somebody else had written from your own perspective. And I looked so interesting. The lady gave me a feedback and said, I think you have what we need to make a consultant. And I had the opportunity to meet with the MD. Dio, interestingly, the day I met with the MD, something crossed my mind that I should take my BSc project with me. HR job, not related to my... What did I do in my BSc program? I did... Every water, every metal presence in municipal water supply. I'm sure you don't know what that is. So uh, you shouldn't <laughs> expect me to know. <laughs> so there was nothing related to my HR project, my BSc project, and the HR opportunity I came for. But I came in early, 30 minutes before the interview, and the man chose to, the MD chose to call me 15 minutes after. And why? He said, "You're already around. There's no need keeping you waiting." And I decided to see you early. One of the things we discussed was my BSc project. Oh, wow. He just <laughs> later, out. later, he told me why he asked. He said, for most fresh graduates, he like asking them about their BSc project. Why? Most people pay others to do their BSc project. They don't even have a clue about their project. So when you ask them to talk about it, they are lost. And there's so many things, lessons you can draw from somebody doing his BSc project. Research skills. Yeah, analytical skills, ability to present it at a difference. So, as small as it looked, that was exactly so. While I was talking, we finished that conversation, and he asked me, He said, What's an internship? and I was surprised. I said, Later, because I, I eventually worked with him, I said, This man, you should know more than this. But in actual sense, he said he was hearing the word internship for the very first time, and I said, Internship is when you're willing to work for free to learn the rope of a particular thing. He said, wow, is that what it means? That's interesting. He asked me one question. Have you worked anywhere before? I looked at myself. I said, no. 
he looked at my CV again and said, he was impressed by the extracurricular. That, brought, that brings another question to say, most fresh graduates feel that they must wait for opportunities. They don't know that there are a lot of volunteering opportunities, yeah, like, yeah, which yeah. worked in my favor. By the time I got an offer, all of this was happening around, I, got, I, I left NYC July, all of this was happening in August. I got an offer to start work September, which wow. was like nearly eight weeks after I left my NYC. And they said the offer didn't tell me to be a train to be an internship. They offered me a job. My guess my first salary. <laughs> Ridiculously sixty thousand naira. Oh wow. So that takes me to another question or helps to answer another question. Most fresh graduates in Nigeria feel that their first job must be a big pay. You overvalue your BSc program. But you know the interesting thing? That 60K doubled in a year. Wow. Because after a year, they reviewed my performance and they reviewed. And it was doubled. So if I was saying 60K, what would I do with 60K? I was not interested in the 60K. This is a, a chemical engineering guy that did not know jack about HR except what he has read. I'll tell you, it was a fast, it was a university for me. Because in one year, I had opportunity to work on projects that till tomorrow, some HR people have not had opportunity to work on such projects. I'm, I'm saying it's all sense of modesty because it really built me so much. I had opportunity to work directly with a managing director. We work on and some of the things that I now do on an independent consulting level were back to my very first job. Interesting. That I'm, I'm sure I've answered so much. Yes, yes, you have actually answered a lot of questions that I was going to ask. Now that takes me into asking about what um of course now you've told us what led to you becoming an HR from all the way from chemical engineering. Yeah. Now you started working as a consultant at first as an employee there then you transitioned into being a consultant mm. now that's um something changed there and i believe it wasn't just about the um the role you were given something okay. must have what did anything change within you to be able to help you embrace yes i i, I would say something changed and um that was not the only company i worked for I actually had the opportunity to work from some other HR consulting firm and I had the opportunity also to work in internal HR as an HR manager position. Uh, but, but one thing that I, I learned from my consulting year is that when you are in an organization, if you are able to replicate the system in that organization, then you are learning. Now, what that means is this. Many people are in organizations today and if you ask them, how much money is this organization making? What's the business model of this organization? It looks like a big word. But as far back then, I had an understanding of how businesses make money. Now, if I'm able to understand how businesses make money, that means I can successfully build a business and how to make money. So I can replicate the system. Now, interesting from that consulting experience, some of the things that also change is the fact that when you're working in a multinational, there are structures. Somebody built the structure. That's why multinationals work. And if you take somebody from a multinational, 
into another organization. If that guy has not learned how the structures in the multinational work, he will fail where he's going to. That's what changed. The mindset. The mindset of not seeing myself as an employee alone, but seeing myself in the shoes of an employer. To say, if an employer chooses to pay me 10 naira, for them to give me 10 naira, I must be making like times 10 of it. Sure. If I'm able to know how to make times 10 of it, then I'm able to build a business on my own. So my mindset was not all about, I didn't even start out that I was going to start a business or even be doing independent consulting at the moment. It started, I would say it happened so many times. I've had times when I lost my job, as in literally lost my job. <laughs> as in i've actually lost my job I three I know, times i know one of such times okay so i've actually <laughs> lost my job three times uh which for some of them they were just technical breaks they were just movement from one organization to another so we may yeah. not call it a job loss but in technical term you lost a job when you move from one organization to another but but basically it was a function of i have a plan to do it in a certain number of years but it came early Oh, oh so oh. it's a function of 10 years mm. i'm going to start up something on my own but it came a bit early than the normal 10 years to even add to it is the fact that uh maybe that may not be may, i at the point i was doing my entering into work experience i i got in a bit late than others okay in the sense that people were getting into work start working at 25 26 but i was doing it at age 30. so technically something should reset in your head to say yeah you're not going to ch- look at the work from that perspective mm-hmm. now looking back now i'll say the entire perspective changed from maybe the consulting experience helped me maybe because of the fact that i had opportunity to sit with business leaders business owners help them solve hr issues and stylishly, it's, it was resetting something in your head to say, if you can advise an, a managing director to say, why don't you look at your talents, attraction this way? And they take your advice and it works. There's a boost it gives to you to say, oh, sure, that sure. means if, if I just... And you know, literally, for some of these things, you may just be giving an experience or an example based on what has been done before. And when somebody now applies it, it now works. Something sets in you and I say, wow, this is beautiful. I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Now, that now takes me to how I was forced. <laughs> to start your own. To start. <laughs> and starting was maybe not fully starting at the beginning. It started up by saying, let's go freelancing. Okay. Let's freelance to say, because my very first... Um, if I want to count that time, my very first attempt in getting into a multinational was actually on a fixed-term contract. They added a, a they had a talent solution to solve, a talent challenge to solve, and I needed to come in. So for me, it was a beautiful start for me. Beautiful start in the sense that. I was now coming in as what they call a specialist. So that takes me to the next thing to say, what changed? I needed to have a niche. 
or something I am known for in nature. Mm-hmm. So, with all sense of humility, today when I'm online, I see people talk about career issues and when they are sending a tweet or sending a Facebook status, I, I find my name in the tag and I'm wondering why. Recently, there's somebody in South Africa that has a Twitter chat on Fridays and even sometimes on weekends and I find out the first time he, he, he tagged me where is this person south africa what do i have to do here in nigeria <laughs> the other time i had the opportunity to be on a twitter chat with jobberman ghana i do a lot of work with jobberman nigeria we are friends but i was surprised jobberman ghana called me up and said they wanted to do a twitter chat. so i had the opportunity so now what am i saying know a niche you wanted to narrow down into mm-hmm. i started up as a generalist but gradually i've niched into talent acquisition I've niched into HR consulting, not just any type, organizational development, things that have to do around compensation and benefits. Interesting. So, when it had, because I had opportunity, I've, I've had, a, in my very first few years of HR, I had opportunity to do what we call a remuneration survey. Very few HR people get opportunity to do it. Not because it doesn't come up, but because it's getting, let me say, the need for most organizations, they don't want to do it because of the cost, getting primary data and a few things. But I had an opportunity to do that. So for me, I was gradually having a niche. Now, the side most people know Shegmakiode as is the mass market side. Yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> that because um, I know you do two sides to your business. Yes. Now that you're on your own, you run a corporate part. And you run a mass market part so talk about that as well okay so the mass market part is an offshoot offshoot from my experience with recruiting for organizations uh far back in 2012 or 2013 or thereabout i discovered that most of the blogs i was reading around recruiting were foreign blogs there was no Nigerian voice. But there are so massive HR people in Nigeria. But nobody's talking about it. You recruit for organization and candidate need feedback. How do I get better? Nobody's talking about it. And I said, I think I need to cover a gap. I need to find a way to localize HR content for Nigeria. Mm, interesting. And that was how I started writing for Jobberman. And I remember my very first post on Jobberman was how to make your job search easy. And what did I talk about? The mistakes job seekers make when they are applying for a job. And gradually I started writing for Jobberman consistently. I noticed the comments where the engagement rate on my post was getting massive. Sometimes I write a post and I'm seeing like 20 comments from the first day it was published. So it, wow. it gave me an understanding that people are in need and hungry for such information. And actually, um, if 20 people commented, it means there are other 90% to didn't comment. Which you call them the invisible audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that now made me know that there is a market. And be, be, maybe coming from my own perspective to say i didn't have much information even when i was going through my career discovery journey and i said can i be the voice to give people the answers they are looking for 
gradually i now started doing a lot of guest blogging gradually venture garden group uh, uh ventures africa. africa yeah called on me and i remember the very first posts i released on ventures africa how to find a job you love till tomorrow i still have reference to that and what did i do consume foreign content sieve out the ones that are not relevant to us and drive on the points mm-hmm. and some of the things that most people are asking around is finding a job they love things around salary negotiation course so gradually we now started expanding the niche i was still doing it while i was in paid employment and i had two personnel let me put it that way i had the presence on the job and the writing and the blogging was my second life because i'm the kind of person that I'm, i always i i easily get bored i need to do a lot of things so blogging was my side and at the same time i needed to be very careful with disclosure yeah because if you're in hr consulting you're doing a lot of issues around disclosure client confidentiality so i needed to draw a line between that somewhere along the line in i started writing about social recruiting as well how hr and social media match i interviewed you that time if you remember. exactly I on audacity uh, to lead twitter chat, twitter chat yes, yes when we're talking about how hr and hr meets technology social media, yeah. and gradually while i was talking about it i was writing on a socialmeet.com gradually punch newspaper picked it up the editor of ipunch at that time they were starting it they wanted an internal internet twist to things and the guy funny enough went to oau he dropped a comment on my blog shagwankyode.com and from that comment i said are you serious <laughs> i contacted him my very first post on uh, punch was actually on how corporate nigeria can embrace social media so he did it social recruiting Interesting. and gradually that was how it, so for me that's how the mass market worked knows what blew off yeah and it was still in cons- um, let me say in agreement with the fact that i wanted to make impact so summarizing it says there's the corporate side and there is the mass market side awesome so that's it in summary awesome and awesome. to add also my podcast is also trying to yes answer uh, that same. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> moving straight to your podcast right now because um we, i also understand that Around the same time, I was getting started with others to lead as a podcast, even as a brand entirely. I remember we used to be in a group together those yes. days, and um, me, you, John Obidi, and some other guys who are very good. So I now realize that that time you actually started with a particular podcast. I'm not sure it's career and employability talk. It was. It's oh, okay. Okay. How it started was. I had opportunity to have some radio interviews. You now recorded them. Yes, they were now recorded and released. The first one was with Radio Continental. I had opportunity to be doing that with Ayo Owodoni. He used to have a particular session. So I usually call in or go live. So that's how the podcasting, <laughs> let me say, journey started. started. So some of them, I have when I have the audio files, I release them. Then another point, another time I was op- also opportunity to be on Nigeria Info and had opportunity to release some of those podcasts. So I think one of the ones you remember so much was the hottest job in Nigeria. 
yeah yeah it was actually a radio continental one then dream jobs are dead that was the one i did with mm-hmm. so i think that was how that now gave me the idea that if you could go to a radio station to be interviewed you could have your own platform and i'm sure we we, we contacted at that time yeah when i now launched career and employability talk so so far how has you how has um having a podcast contributed to these um wow. journey of yours wow. sincerely it has given me a voice and the voice it has given me as it also almost give me this sense of preeminence quotes and unquote you can say that again <laughs> <laughs> Be- because i just give you an example of people when anytime so um career stuff come up you just see a tag and i'm wondering what what's happening there and sure. consciously is giving me the fact that i dish out a lot of free stuff almost on a daily basis weekly basis and it tells me that the invisible audience are noting it. A uh, few weeks back, I had the opportunity to speak at a youth program of a church. And the youth coordinator that invited me for that event said, it was my podcast that she listened to the first time and noted my name down. <laughs> so at the point, I did a WhatsApp class that was free. She was part of the WhatsApp class. For her, it was an opportunity to get close. Oh, I see. And the WhatsApp class was confirming an offshoot of what I've been doing. And it was also a free class. So for her, when we got to the event, she actually read out my profile. From the podcast. From the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And it it, it gives this sense of, you know, when you're doing something, they're just saying, I just want to add value. I don't know where it's going to land. I just want to give this information out. And even there are a few other speaking engagements which are on the table today and people are making reference to my podcast. And for me, those are times when I want to give up. (laughs) And I release a podcast. You know, you're always watching the statistics to say how many downloads. (laughs) And you just get an email. There's one in my I, I saw few few days back and somebody said thank you for the free information I'm always getting in my email on a weekly basis. God bless you. Keep the good work up. No, you know times when I want to give up podcasting. Such mails just or such comments just pop up from nowhere. And I said, Wow, I think I'm not gonna give up this. <laughs> and for me it's been massive and I think it's also part of my book because releasing the book also has also created you needed to give yeah, a voice yeah. to the po- so for me people have been seeing more of my written word so m- taking podcasting seriously was like okay hear my voice connect with me and i think it's been working very fun uh, if i want to use the word of a friend it has been working miracles <laughs> <laughs> Well, 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 it's been wonderful um, having this chat with you. I've practically learned a lot of things that I didn't see in your book. <laughs> I didn't see on your podcast. <laughs> Neither did I read on your blog. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So that means you're privileged. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for being on the show today. The goal of this particular episode was actually to use your story to inspire um, anyone, um, the listener who's listening to us right now and I actually feel it's um, it's accomplished its purpose already, mm. but more importantly, it's also helped to know you more personally. 
and that is very very wonderful so thank you so much for sharing that thank you so much it's been wonderful listening to you if there well i didn't ask you if somebody wants to connect with you how can they get to connect with you i think the fastest way is just twitter and and also my website shegwakiode.com yes i like your consistent branding it's (laughs) i think it's that's a part which maybe we didn't get to talk about i also learned that a bit early uh, and that's you decide what google says about you Mm, and i think from the word go i just started opening anything that was consistent with shegwakiode and maybe I was fortunate that nobody thought about it ahead of time. Because <laughs> the moment I realized what you just said, I had to go everywhere, take my name everywhere. Mm. Once there's a new app, I just go there, register my name, even when I'm not using it, so as to keep the branding consistent. consistent. So I really appreciate you for mentioning that. It's been a wonderful time having you on the show today. And I've practically learned a lot of things from thank you, you thank as you well. Thank you so much. And I hope one day we are going to have you back when you are going to come and share the the let me say the revenue with us. <laughs> Maybe when we get to that bridge, we'll cross it. <laughs> but your story is practically um, what uh, your story actually corroborates what this podcast is about: getting focused, getting started, and being impactful. And I think what you've shared so far has shown how you got started how you became focused by narrowing down to career and how you actually help a lot of people by being impactful and that's the essence of having this particular conversation and once again i want to say thank you thank you too and if you're listening to me i want to say thank you for joining us on this show today it's been a wonderful time having you tune in and listen and i'm going to be catching you on the next episode but before then remember to get focused to get started and be impactful and if you are trying to remember anything on this particular episode you can simply go to audacitytolead.com you'll find the links to everything that has been mentioned on this particular episode right over at audacitytolead.com so once again catch you on the next episode